I have the privilege of finishing out this series in the wilderness. Have y'all liked this series, loved this series? Man, it's been awesome. Just to recap, we started off with Pastor Justin, and he talked about hearing from God the first week. Then Seth came in a little hot and talked about the woods versus the wilderness. Last week, Pastor Justin talked about waiting in the wilderness. This has been an awesome series. And, um, and we have a podcast, so if you ever missed these, shameless plug, but wherever you, uh, dev- wherever you, you devour this content, I'm, this is like a YouTuber, wherever you get this content, just make sure you like and subscribe. Okay, yeah, but for real, you can always listen to any time, podcast, whatever. Tonight, I'm going to close the series, and I've entitled this message, The Invitation to the Wilderness. Everyone say, ooh. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. Y'all nailed it. Y'all nailed it. The Invitation to the Wilderness, and I'll explain. When we look at Scripture, big picture speaking, we see that Jesus modeled a lot of things for us. He was an example of things. Even if we are at church this morning, we learned that the things he said or commanded us to do, he did. It was amazing. Such a great example for us. So, for example, Jesus studied God's word. Jesus got baptized. Jesus served and loved people really well, encouraged people, spent time with people that no one else wanted to spend time with, prayed for people, even healed people, right? I've never healed someone. I don't think I'll ever be because I'm not God, but... He was obedient to God. It's amazing. So when we can just look at the life of Jesus, look at the words of Jesus, we can learn a lot. Amen? So another thing that we see that Jesus models for us in the gospel is often he got away and spent time with the Father. And then there's two verses I want to look at today. I'm going to have them on the screens, but if you want to write them down, Mark 1, verse 35 and Luke 5, 16. And if you want to look at both in your Bible, you can't do the Bible app, go both. That's hard. But if you want to put your finger on two different places in the Bible, Mark 1, verse 35, Luke 5, 16. These are pretty much the only verses we're going to look at tonight. We'll look at them again later. I want to read these verses describing Jesus spending time with the Father. Mark 1 says, very early in the morning, while still dark. How I many all know that's early? <laughs> Some of y'all just went to sleep. Uh, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 5, 16. This is more not talking about a one-time instance, but what he did often. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And I want to point out something. When I, I was actually reading Luke 5 a month ago on vacation, just reading in my, in my daily time, and I started to study that word. And so in Mark 1, there's the word towards the end that says solitary, okay? And in Luke 5, there's a word right there that says lonely, These are actually the same word in the Greek. It's the Greek word eremas. Everyone say eremas. Try to roll that R, eremas. I'm Persian, I can roll R's. You just had a Greek lesson. Congratulations, A plus for everyone, okay? Eremas means solitary or solitude or an uninhabited place. But my favorite definition of this word that is translated the most times in scripture, I can't make this up, is what word? The wilderness. (laughs) Well, that's ironic. So if we put the word wilderness in there, in that last sentence, it would say, Jesus left the house and went off to the wilderness where he prayed. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness and prayed. I think that's powerful. We see this pattern. Jesus leaves one place, withdraws from one place to go into the wilderness and spend time with the Father. It's something he often did. It doesn't say how often, but we can even infer daily. 
because his disciples and some of these pastors were looking for him. Where have you been? Why would Jesus do that? Well, the wilderness was quiet. The wilderness was free from distraction. So he could spend time with God one on one. He could be alone with him. He could seek his father in heaven. What would he do? I'm sure scripture says right there, he would pray. He would worship. He would probably listen and try to hear from God. He would just connect with them. Very simple. He would obviously, I believe he would also rest. And we'll see why he needed to rest a little bit later in this message. Recharge, refocus, be strengthened by God. So I came to this conclusion. What if Jesus was showing us a secret to being a follower of him? What if the wilderness in this translation is one of the best places we could ever go in our life? And not just once, but over and over and over. Because now that Jesus is back up in heaven, it's where we would go to spend time with him because he modeled it. Where we can spend time with God, where we can be refreshed by God, where we can be strengthened by him so then we can do all that he's called us to do. Amen? I want to tell you a cool story that is just the Holy Spirit. So I, I read these verses, and I, and I felt like God just showed me just a little study in that, that definition. And I wrote it down an iPhone note in the beginning of August on vacation. A week later, I get home. Me and Pastor Justin are having coffee. It's August, very big time for college-age ministry. So I'm just checking on Justin. We're at Round Mountain. Justin, what's going on? How are you feeling? What's going on? What are you excited about? We're talking about you guys, Elevation. Then I just asked the question, Justin, what's coming, what are you excited about? What are we going to do series-wise? Are we going to do a series starting off or just certain messages? He's like, bro, I am so excited for the first series of the semester we're going to do. I was like, great. He goes, actually, I think you're speaking at the last week of it. I can't make this up. True story. I said, great. What's the series? <laughs> he looked at me and said, the wilderness. And I said, what does the wilderness mean? And he told me the vision of it. And he said, I know I just told you about the, I just, because he had told me the date he wanted me to speak today, but he didn't tell me what he wanted me to say. And so he says, middle of August now, he says, hey, I know I just told you what the, it's the wilderness, but do you think that like, how do you feel about speaking a message in that series? And I immediately thought of this verse of Luke 5 that I read the week before. And I said, I think I know exactly what I'm supposed to speak in a month. And I just believe the Lord has, wants to teach us something in the word this, this week, this night. So that's why we're talking about the invitation to the wilderness. I believe Jesus is inviting us, and you know this, but to spend time with him, distraction-free. And if we think of a time to spend time with him more than ever, maybe this year is the time that we really need to spend time with God. We need to be close with him, hearing from him, learning from him. So this is what I want to do for the rest of our time. I just want to give you two things I think that Jesus wants us to learn in the wilderness. There's probably more things he'd want us to learn, but when I've been studying the scripture, when I've been praying for you guys, these two things have been very strong in my heart. Amen? So this is what we're going to do. Number one, if you're taking notes, what I think he wants us to learn in the wilderness is learning the importance of being versus doing. Learning the importance of being versus doing. And I'll explain. Don't you worry. You're like, what does that mean? <laughs> Spiritually speaking, if I could define being... And these are both great things, I might add. So don't get discouraged. These are awesome things. Being would be simply your one-on-one -on -one time with God. You're just with him. Don't overcomplicate it. You're meeting with God. And in this example, we could say in the wilderness, spending time with him, praying, studying his word, getting quiet, resting, however you like to hang out with God, listen to this worship music. But doing, when I did, if I were to define that, 
I would say maybe doing is like going to church, coming to Elevation tonight, going to a life group, uh, serving in and outside the church, community in and outside the church. These are all great things. They're just kind of two different ways to hang out with God, right? You with me? So let's rewind COVID hits, <laughs> March and April. Here's a little story. And uh, you know, it's a little weird. It was just a weird time. Well, from my perspective, and obviously this affected y'all too, everything in the church was shut down except for an online service, much like everything else in the community. It wasn't just the church. So as a pastor, that's kind of weird. So there's no Sunday morning service. There's no elevation. There's no life groups. There's no hangouts. There's no even going to get coffee and hanging out with your friend. There's none of that, which is understandable because there was all that we're trying to figure it out. There was safety involved. I'm not criticizing that. It was just different. And as a pastor, it was weird. It was, it was hard for us, me and Justin, Emily, my wife, Bethany, to be secure. How do we check on you guys? How do we love you guys? A lot of y'all are going home and it's like, this is kind of weird. We don't know what's going on. And it's really interesting. I began to notice something in me. And then I started to sing in the people around me. And it was like something seemed off in my relationship with God, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Like my time with God and every day when I would try to get them wasn't bad. It just seemed different. And then I realized something and I just said it. When COVID hit, it really took away all the opportunities of doing when it came to the, our relationship with God. All of them, gone. So what does that leave you with? Just being with God one on one. And you know what I learned? Ideally, I want to be consistent here. And I want to be strong here. But I learned, Amir, I don't think you're as consistent as you think you are. And I don't think you're as strong as you think you are. Because when everything was stripped away in doing, it should have been easy, Amir, just to be with God. And it wasn't for me. And then as I talked to some of you and some of my friends and some college-age people and young adult people, they were experiencing the exact same thing. And God revealed something to me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I felt like it was this. I was putting too much emphasis on the doing and not enough emphasis on just simply being with him. That's a tough pill to swallow. Right now, being real, September, I'm still trying to figure that out. I think it's better than it was in April. I'm still trying to figure that out. And what's interesting is we, because I started, other people started saying this, and I hadn't even started processing with it. Other people was like, man, I'm just having a hard time spending time with God, being with God, being with God. I can only get to do this. And they were even saying those words. We can't do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, you're revealing something to me. We had let our doing for God come before our being with God. And remember, I'm in this. And ironically with COVID, and COVID is such a curveball. So I'm not minimalizing March and April, but most of us had more time to spend with God and we still didn't. It's frustrating. It's just kind of thrown off. So I knew that I needed to simply get back. So we're going to go back to Mark 135. And Jesus says very early, or scripture says about Jesus very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus' desire was to be with God before he did anything for God. He wanted to be with him. And let me make a quick disclaimer. I'm not saying very, very, very Jesus time, 3 a.m. up in the morning is always good for you. But I do challenge you, can you be with God before you go and do for God? Can you be for God and do everything that he's called you to do? School, work, family, friends, relationship. So I always want to give you practicality because I'm wrestling with this myself. So what does that look like? Hey, I just said it. Can we be with God before we go and do? Can we spend time with him in the wilderness? The goal 
Hear me when I say goal. I know this doesn't always happen. It's simply to spend time with him every day. If you don't get every day, it's no problem. If you're, if you're in here right now and you're like, Amir, I never spend time with God. Great. Start one day a week, two day a week. Just take a small step. There's no scorecard. He just wants to spend time with you. But for those of you who've been walking with the Lord for a long time, what does getting back consistently with him look like where you can be quiet from distraction? If I'm being real, that means we put our phones to the side. You put our to-do list to the side. I know you want to seize the day. Some of you are driven people. I love that. But God wants to be with you first before you do that. Just you and him. Whatever, however you like to hang out with God, worship, read, pray, life of Christ, you name it. Whatever works for you. How many on here, if you've ever taken the love language test or you, you would even understand what it is, you're a quality time person. Raise your hand. Loud and proud with your hand. Come on now. Okay, if, you did, if you're not that person, let me educate you on these people. These people, it doesn't matter what you do, they just want to spend intentional time with you. If this is your friend or boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband, whatever. Wife, how do I know this? You'll say something like, and you've said this, friends, you don't know that, but you said this, what do you want to do tonight? And they'll say, it doesn't matter, I just want to hang out with you, <laughs> or something like that. And you're like, what do you mean? But what do you want to do? And they're like, I don't care, I just want to hang out. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. But to them, it does. They just want to have intentional, hear me when I say intentional, phone, intentional, I can get in trouble with that, time with you. That's what they want. And for those of you, if you marry someone like that, I'm just trying to help you right now. They just want to have intentional time with you. It don't matter what's on the TV. It don't matter what's going on. They just want to have time with you. I know this might sound cheesy, but I believe Jesus' highest love language is quality time. He just wants to hang out with you. <laughs> he made you. He loves you. Scripture says we're his children. He simply just wants to hang out with you. Don't overcomplicate it. What we learn quickly from these times in the wilderness is Jesus doesn't really want us to do anything. He just wants to be with us. What an encouraging thought. His love, just to remind you, is unconditional. His grace is a gift you can't earn. His mercy, scripture says, is new every morning. So we don't work for these things, but rather we live from re already receiving them because we're in a relationship with them. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more or less. It's unconditional. God loved you the same this morning when you woke up as he does right now, as maybe this afternoon you made a mistake or this evening you're having the greatest Sunday evening of all 2020. God loves you the same. He just wants to spend time with you in the wilderness. So I think one thing we learn is, hey, can we be people who are being before we're doing? Nothing's wrong with the doing. Things are starting to get back where we can spend time with people that again, but let's be people when, when everything's stripped away, we're not shocked that it's just us and God. Because we sing songs that say, no place I would rather be here in your love. Y'all thought I was going to sing. They're like, please don't sing. Here in your love. I'm just kidding. The wilderness. He just wants you to be with him. Number two, and this is my last point. I just got two points. I believe that the second thing he wants us to learn in the wilderness is learning to withdraw so you can withstand. Learning to withdraw so you can withstand. I know that's a cool pastor phrase, but I mean it. So he wants you to learn how to be with him before you do, but he wants you to learn to withdraw so you can withstand the things that are coming at you in your life. And those are good things and bad things. They're not always bad things, but we all have things that go on in our life. So I want to go back to Luke 5. But I actually want to read you verse 15. We read verse 16, and then we're going to read verse 16 again. So Luke 5, 15, just for context, said this. 
Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came, near, came to hear him, and he healed them of their sicknesses. So in Luke 5, before this verse and what this verse is alluding to, Jesus just healed a man with leprosy. And really early in his ministry, you'll see in the Gospels, he'll heal people or do some miraculous, and he'll say, don't tell anyone. Because he would say, my time is not ready for people to know. But then we read in verse 15, people found out. And they didn't have no Twitter, no Snapchat. They just found out. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just heard in crowds and people talking and people walking to cities. Have you heard about this man? Have you heard about this man? And then we see quickly that crowds started to grow. Well, no shocker there. He's changing people's lives. He's raising the dead. He's healing people from sickness. He's saying things so countercultural that no one's ever heard of, but it's like drinking water when they're so deprived and they just want more and more and more. So of course the crowds gather around him. I believe if he was here, we would gather around him. Whatever you say, man, I got my notepad out, you know? Crowds upon crowds would look for him every day to just hear him, to see, is this man real? Could this be the Messiah? Because they had been praying for Jesus. They didn't know him at the time for hundreds of hundreds of years culturally. To see him do a miracle, they would be bringing friends and family who need healing pushing people out of the way. Can you imagine the pressure Jesus probably felt every day? The expectation, thousands of people from remote places, all these cities come together wherever he would go. Then insert Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often, more than once, withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The pressure the demand, the expectation, the need, the busyness turns up. And what does our Savior do? He withdraws more. And he withdraws more. And that doesn't mean he wasn't all there when he was all there. But he knew at times he had to unplug. And he had to withdraw from those moments. What he would do is often he would go back to the wilderness to be with his father. More demand, more pressure. Why? Because that was his source of strength. All he wanted more than anything is getting the presence of God. He needed it. But for you and I, what do we go to when life demands a lot from us? For some of us, it's coffee. It's a great thing. I love coffee. Might, might take your budget down a little, but you know, it's awesome. For some of you, you want to go back to bed. <laughs> it's 10 a.m. and you're like, see you day. I'll see you tomorrow, Monday. Let's go. Just lay down and go back to bed. For some of you to be a little spicy, it's your ex. I'm not saying your ex is a bad person, but they might be your ex for a reason. And life demands on you and you go to other things. For some of you, it's social media. Nothing wrong with social media. It's an immoral thing. But you doing this and looking and comparing, and I don't know if that's going to help you when life demands of you. For some of you, it's food. That's okay. There is a blessing in a CCR from Don Pepe's. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's just pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for that. I'm not hating on These things are all bad things. I get it. You're having a busy day? Don's is going to be faithful. You know what I'm saying? And I could eat. I could come back and they'll give me more chips every time. I get 10 bags of chips. The guy just smiles at me and says, thank you so much. I love this place. For me, if I could go anywhere, it'd be Brahms. All my Northwest Arkansas, Fort Smith, Texas people. Shout out. Come on now. 
You can get this meal right here like $7. I'm telling you, if I could pick, I'm like, I'm going to Brahms. I need a cheeseburger, no tomato, no onion. No, I don't want to upgrade to a shake because I want to get a double dip after this because it's only $1.99. So sorry, Cold Stone, get your $17 out of my face for one drop of ice cream. And I said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. Matt Crafted, I'm so sorry. But Brahms gives me all the ice cream I want for $2. I would take on the world. Okay, back to Jesus, back to Jesus, back to Jesus, back to Jesus. Jesus, I believe, let me speak our 2020 language, has given us a life hack here. The more that was asked of him, the more he withdrew to the wilderness to be with the Father. Life lesson. His response to the increase of needs, tasks, people, demands, pressure was to withdraw more. If we're honest tonight, and this includes myself, most of us, when more pressure comes in life, more demand comes in life, we get busier, there's more needs, school, online school, hello, work, we tend to spend time with Jesus less. We get too busy for Jesus. We get too busy, Lord forgive me, for the one who could strengthen us. And then we, if you're like me, I've done this too many times, we make one of the biggest mistakes we could ever make in our life is that when we get in these times where life is demanding on us, we believe the lie that we can do it all on our own. Just keep pushing, Amir. Just grind, Amir. You're gonna get through this, Amir, on your own strength and just work harder and all that. And I'm not against working hard and I'm not against being faithful, but God never intended you and I to do that on our own. He knows the seasons we're in. He knows the demanding times we're in. And as one of your pastors, let me warn you, when we get in that place, as someone who's a little older than you, it most often always leads to exhaustion, frustration, discouragement. Because you get to a place where you think you can do it on your own and you really can't. You weren't actually made to do it on your own. You weren't wired that way. I want that to be an encouragement for you. So what do we do? We withdraw to the wilderness so we can withstand. Whenever life gets busy, overwhelming, demanding, we make a choice to withdraw to go back to Jesus. I didn't even say this. This word withdraw in the Greek, it means to go back. But how many of you know we can't go back to somewhere we've never been before? Jesus would go back to the wilderness. That's what withdraw means. So I'm saying, well, I want you to go back to God so you can withstand. But I'm not talking about the, the time in the wilderness like I said in the first point. That's more like your everyday life, daily with God. I'm talking when pressure is rising. I'm talking when life is demanding on you. And this is not always bad things. When there's deadlines and when there's stuff in your family. Some of y'all right now are going through a very demanding time. That's when we gotta go to the wilderness. For some of you, your finances are stressing you out. For some of you, your family is not in a good place. For some of you people of color, the sin of racism is affecting your life in a real way. For some of you, we're feeling the negativity of our country. For some of you, it's stress and anxiety. For some of you, it's discouragement. Those demands are very real and sadly, they're all part of life. But what I'm telling you is that's the time you go to the wilderness. That's where Jesus wants to meet you and be with you. Maybe it's one afternoon, you don't have work at school, you can go get away for an hour and just hang out with the Lord. Maybe it's on a Saturday when you have a, maybe a 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you can go outside and it's a beautiful time of the year and you can just unplug and let your savior refresh, refresh you and refocus you 
and encourage you and build you up. And some of y'all say, Amir, I don't have time for that. And I would say, you don't have time not to do it. There might be no better way to spend our time. And I'm just challenging you as someone's old you because when I was your age, I didn't get it right. And I would burn out all the time. And it was my own fault. I ran my own self into the ground. And we don't want you to make the mistakes we made. I just want you to go to the wilderness whenever you can and spend time with your Jesus. And you're gonna learn that you're gonna go there and it's like a muscle and you're gonna grow in it and enjoy it. And you're gonna leave better than you came in. And you're gonna leave in his strength, not your own. So just to close, I believe Jesus is inviting us to the wilderness. And what I love about the goodness of God, that invitation's always on the table. It's always open. You can come spend time with him anytime you want. He wants you to come and just be with him. Just spend time with him. Just learn to love him and let him love you. And then he wants you when you need it to withdraw so you can withstand the things that are demanding of you in life. The good things, the hard things, the challenging things, the things you're trying to accomplish. And there I believe we will learn that the wilderness could possibly be the best place we could ever be. Amen. Will you bow your heads? I'd love to pray for y'all.